Welcome to the Nole Family Podcast, a podcast dedicated to tennis champion Novak Djokovic, philanthropist, role model, humanitarian, and all-around good guy, and of course, uh, winner of now 14 Grand Slams. We come to you six days after the U.S. Open Championship, and Novak now ties Pete Sampras for third on the all-time list, of course, behind Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer. And what a great Sunday it was, just uh, taking a step back. Congratulations to all of you, the Nole family. Um, Novak was uh, did a lot of interviews, of course, post uh, post championship, and in one of the interviews, he was asked, "What do you have to say to the fans, to the, the folks who have supported you through the last couple of years?" And he just said, uh, "Just that I love them." He said nothing more, just that. And I thought it was a very simple and very poignant statement to his fans. Of course, uh, he shows us the love, but he feels the love from us as well. So it's it's a great time to be a fan. And kudos to you for helping support him. It's been difficult times for him and, of course, difficult times for us as a fan to watch him go through those struggles. But it, uh, once again, only makes these these great moments seem that much more sweeter when he's been through what he had to, to get through the last couple of years to get here. So just to take you through very quickly the match, um, it was certainly a, a fantastic match. The, the weather conditions weren't really a factor. The, the roof was closed because of rainy conditions. So the heat and humidity elements that Novak had to fight through the last uh, few, last few weeks were not really as much of a factor, and it certainly showed that Novak, taking those factors away, was really the fitter, more outstanding champion, and his game was certainly in outstanding form. Uh, in the first set, it was pretty even through most of the early part of the first set. Uh, Novak does get a break, though, at 3-4, and it was one of those games, Delpo was up 40-love, and but Novak kept fighting. And it really tells you something about the spirit and the, and the competitiveness of Novak and, and his belief in his game and his return of serve. Uh, I saw a stat where I think 21, 22 times over the last three years, uh, Novak has come back from a 40-love deficit when he's trying to break serve and come back and broken serve of his, his opponent. And it really gives you, again, a sense of really the belief that he has in his return of serve and is a belief that anything good can happen if you just keep battling through those. A lot of folks tend to sort of, uh, once they get to that point where it's 40 love, tend to somewhat concede that game, and, and Novak never seems to do that. But at 40 love, uh, Delpo hit a couple of balls long with the forehand. And uh, at 40-30, uh, Novak had some great anticipation. I, saw we, I thought we saw this a lot in this match where you knew he had to be on the watch for Delpo's big forehand. But what I thought Novak did such a great job of in this match was anticipating where that big forehand was going to be hit and putting himself in a position where he could make great shots off the forehand and really take that power and turn it back back to Delpo and use it sort of against him to make great shots and put him at a disadvantage. So I thought he was able to take defense and turn it into offense by anticipating where that forehand was going to go. And at 40-love, Novak won five consecutive points to take that game. It was obviously the key game of that match, of that set, excuse me. And at, at 5-3, Novak serves out the, the first set. Uh, Delpo did get it to 30-love, 30-all, uh, excuse me, but uh, Novak came up with a big serve at 30-love to make it 40-30. And then at 40-30 uh, at on set point, uh, a long, another long rally, Delpo hits one into the net to make it set point. And uh, there was another indicator there, too. I think Delpo, a lot of times he hit that forehand into the net. And I heard you know, some of the McEnroe guys were talking about Delpo's forehand letting him down in this match. But that is certainly really an outcome of how good Novak played. A lot of times when you get into those long rallies and, and Novak just continues to show how great, what a level of fitness he has, it really just wore down Delpo. And a lot of times Del Potro was just, his legs started to fail him because he was so tired from those long rallies. And that's really where, where Novak won those points. It was in getting Delpo to run around the court getting him fatigued, and once he was, was fatigued, he didn't get his feet in, in position uh, consistently enough to hit those, those forehand shots. 
So with the first set, Novak is so tough winning his first set at Grand Slams. It was going to be a, a long way back for Del Poe to win this match. But he certainly fought hard in the second set. He got down a break. Um, he was down 3-1 in that second set. Uh, got it back to 3-all and even to 4-3. But the big game of that set, of course, was that marathon game at 3-4, Novak serving. Uh, it won over 20 minutes in this particular game. Uh, he had a couple of break points against him. I think it went to eight deuce points in, in this set. Uh, they even, it even had a, a discussion about, about getting replacement balls because the balls were so, were so worn from this 20-minute game. But Novak is able to fight through it, get the hold to go to four all. And from there, it was a pretty easy game for both guys to hold their, their serve to get this to six all and get into the tiebreaker. So another turning point in this match, you could certainly see a scenario where Delpo could have won this the second set and got it back to even and really used the momentum of that game and of the of that set and of the crowd to turn this thing back in his favor. But Delpo at, at, at two one Delpo hit a big forehand down the line for a clear winner. Um, he gets this thing to, to three one. He had a clear advantage. I think he really got the crowd behind him with that big forehand and winter. That's that big shot they're always looking for from him. But at three one he hits the ball into the net. Could have got him to 4-1 if he hits that ball. Del, uh, Novak was a little bit on the defensive, but he keeps fighting through it. And when he lost that point by hitting the ball into the net, 3-2, I thought that really changed the momentum. From there, Novak got it back to 3-3. Um, eventually, it was 4-3, and, and Novak wins the last three points of this set. And uh, fr from the point where it was 3-1 Delpo, Novak won six out of the next seven points. That was really critical. So I thought, number one, that, that unforced error that Delpo hit into the net at 3-1 was big. Also, I think because you could start to see the fatigue in the second half of this, this, uh, this tiebreaker start to hit Delpo. I thought he really started to struggle um, get it moving around the court, and you could see how well Novak was moving. And then on set point, I thought it was another great, point, uh, great example of Novak anticipating where the ball was going. Once again, Delpo hits the big forehand. Novak anticipates it, turns it back across court, and puts Delpo at a disadvantage, and he nets a, a, another shot himself. So uh, moving into the third set, it was going to be a difficult spot here, down two sets to love. Certainly, uh, Delpo's uh, starting to get fatigued in this match, and also the discouragement of losing those first two sets was going to be difficult. Uh, Novak gets a break here, once again goes to 3-1. Once again, Delpo shows his really competitive spirit by getting back to 3-all. But uh, Novak breaks at 4-3 and is able to serve out the set at 5-3. Uh, in his 5-3 serve, serving out the set, he gets to 30-all, so Delpo's still fighting. But uh, at 40-30, um, he gets to the net on a short ball and is able to finish off this thing with a big overhead smash to win it. Um, so just a couple of things here uh, in terms of the overall big picture. Number one, you can see how much love and respect these two players have for each other. They are certainly fantastic friends and great guys. And, and if there's anybody, it's not, it's, if it's anybody going to win a Grand Slam that you'd like to see, if it's not going to be Novak, I'd like to see Delpo get another one down the road there. He, he fought so hard to get back from, from his, you know, his, his injuries, overcoming those, uh, those uh, wrist issues. Um, and coming back from that last, uh, that last, the one and only really grand slam that he had back in 2009. Um, if you look at it, this this win for Novak, tying him with Pete Sampras all time, getting him within six of Roger and the old all the all time grand slam numbers, uh, I think it has really reignited this this discussion about the goat or greatest of all time. And uh, you can certainly start to make a big argument for Novak, all that he has accomplished. 
he is certainly going to have to get closer to Roger in terms of that overall number. A lot of people, if there's going to be this kind of disparity in overall Grand Slams, it's going to be hard for a lot of folks to acknowledge Novak is the greatest of all time. But certainly if he gets close or surpasses Roger, he's going to make a very great case. And you start looking at all the things that Novak can check off off that list to try to get closer to, to try to offset that that argument of the number of grand slams that they have. Number one, you talk about the Golden Masters, of course. Novak having the completed that in Cincinnati this year, having all nine Masters 1000s. Um, I think Novak's really looking forward to the 2020 Olympics if he can maintain the form that he has right now. He'd certainly like to add that to his resume and get that Golden Slam to add that fifth sort of uh, that gold medal to those four slams that he has a career slam. Um, also, obviously, if he's having 14 Grand Slams in his career, he's certainly in a position to really add to that total. Um, and it's, it's certainly interesting to me as well that he has, right now, he's got, if he gets one more French Open and one more in Cincinnati, he will have at least two of all the Grand Slams and of all the Masters 1000s. That's truly phenomenal feat. So if he can get the French Open next year or in the next couple of years and add another Cincinnati, that would really be a phenomenal feat, one that may never be um, replicated by another tennis player. Um, also, you talk about, you know, you can see in these matches how well Novak is poised. And you can say this about Nadal as well and Federer, how well they play at the big points over an extended period of time. And it's one of those things that has really held that younger generation in check with re relative to trying to chase down Novak and Federer and Nadal. Um, they just seem to be able to maintain a high concentration level and play big in the big moments over an extended match. It's, you, know, you see moments and flashes of that with some of the younger players, but you don't see that consistently over three, four, five set matches over three, four, and five hour extended play. So it really tells you how sharp these guys have become by competing with each other at such a high level over the last decade. It's really conditioned them where they're able to play at a high level mentally as well as physically in some of these big matches over an extended period. Um, so at the fitness level, I think, again, you saw this because the temperatures were mild in, in the championship. It really demonstrated how the only thing I think that could have sidetracked Novak the way he was playing were the conditions, the high heat and humidity. And uh, they weren't a factor as much the last couple of matches, the semifinals against Nishikori and then again, of course, on the finals. Um, looking ahead to 2019, you can certainly see Novak making a run. As I mentioned, coming into this final, if we can get that U.S. Open, you can see a scenario where Novak could take that Australian Open. Of course, he is 6-0 and in finals there and is tied for the all-time leading Australian Open finals uh, championships with six. Uh, you can see him taking that championship, having three consecutive going into the French Open. Wouldn't it be something if he could get that, hold all four championships at one time for the second time in his career? Again, only two other guys in history have done that. And for Novak to achieve that feat twice in his career would be phenomenal. Um, moving into 2019, Federer and Nadal, of course, maybe Federer finally starting to, uh, the farther time, maybe catching up to him a bit. He struggled the second half of this year. Uh, Nadal may be facing some knee injuries, so it may clear the way for Novak to really dominate in 2019. We'll see. Uh, in terms of the other guys in the mix, uh, Kevin Anderson, as I mentioned, he finished. They didn't have a great U.S. Open, but he's played in a couple of finals over the last couple of years. Uh, Delpo, you figure, will be strong again. Uh, the forehand is back. The health is back. It seems to be there, so he continues to be a factor. 
In terms of the young generation, it's difficult to say uh, these guys have been trying to push this, the big three or the big four aside for a number of years. I would say in terms of the younger generation, the guys that really impressed me, Dominique team had a ph phenomenal match against Rafael Nadal. It's really a credit to Rafa that he was able to win that match. I thought he was, he was up against a real buzzsaw in Dominique team. I thought team really had the, was going to take that match. He played as well as I've seen him play. And this is the one guy from that next generation I think is the guy to watch in terms of where his game is right now. Uh, Karen Hashinov also took Nadal. He almost had a two-set-to-love lead. He was serving to up a break in the second set to take that second set to go up two-to-love, but Nadal was able to break there and turn that around. But I think his game has a lot of room to grow. He's only 22 years old, so he was a big, powerful server, has a big, powerful forehand, and uh, I think he's got, a, some, you know, again, some growth to do. Um, Tsitsipas, who, who knows, this young Greek guy who made a big run in, in Canada to the finals and beat some big, won some big matches there. Uh, hasn't really performed as well the last couple of tournaments. Um, Zverev has Ivan Lendl in his court again. It's been really a, for him, it's been the battle of playing as well as he, in the Grand Slams as he played in other tournaments throughout the year. So great time to be a Novak fan. Uh, certainly hope the, the, that Novak will take some time off from this and sit back and kind of enjoy this before he gets into the final push for the, for the end of the year, the, the finals of the hard, hard court season and moving into the Australian Open. So We'll take a break as well from the podcast. We'll have some more discussions about this greatest of all time. I want to get that into that in greater detail in the, you know, in the weeks and months to come because I think it's a fascinating discussion and there's a lot of tennis to be played. So we'll talk about that at length some more. But until our next big tournament, we'll talk to you folks soon. Again, congratulations to the Nole family. Thank you all once again for all the information you share on, on social media. It's been gratifying. I know you all are, are experiencing uh, tennis withdrawals like I am, but go back and watch some of those great uh, replays from some of the great matches we've had over the last uh, half a year and enjoy just like I am. So until next time we talk, have a great day.